Yeah, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the whole. We come at you every week on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock to discuss maintaining Ford progress in your flooring career. This week uh, is a extension of last week and part of a series. Now, so we figured at the beginning of the year, we'll discuss what can we do this year that will make some meaningful change in the industry. And so this week, we're talking manufacturers and distributors. And we have a guest today, Jake, with uh, Shaw, right? Yep. Do I got that right, Jake? Yep, with Shaw Contracts. Thanks for having me, Paul. Well, welcome. We're glad that you uh, were able to join us today. And as usual, we have the two mainstays of Daniel and Jose of Preferred Flooring out of Michigan. Uh, thank you guys for once again being on and uh, contributing and, and uh, just being real leaders in the industry. So Awesome, bro. Thanks for having us again. You know it. Awesome. Well, this week I pulled a Jose. I, anybody who joins our, our podcast every week knows that Jose is usually in the truck going somewhere. Uh, it's my turn. <laughs> so um, that being said, we're going to kind of discuss some ideas that manufacturers, um, you know, that we feel from a, you know, just a quick background. Most of you know that I own a floor covering company out of Wichita, and I'm also founder of Go Carrera. Um, there's a lot of things over the 20 plus years that I've been in the industry that has changed with manufacturers uh, as it applies to training and really how it applies to the installation community. Uh, Jose and Daniel have been installers for how many years, gentlemen? 20 something. Yeah. 20 something. And they know, yeah. uh, they now have a flooring company called Preferred Flooring for the last several years. And, um, I'm sure they have some insight here too. So the first piece that I'll bring up or that, that was on my list is why manufacturers not do certifications anymore? And uh, I know there's some liability and stuff that came about, but true certifications and um, of the past seem to be pretty much, um, you know, passed down to your training entities like CFI and such. So um, I guess whoever wants to chime in on that question, so I'll chime in with what I was told before Jake does. I know that he's uh, the manufacturer with uh, with Shaw, but um, and this is all speculation. This is what I've heard through conversations with uh, tech reps. Um, is because of the liability that 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 they were um, acquiring, right? Like when they certify as a manufacturer or do the training for certification, they were. Um, assuming responsibility for that particular installer or that company. And if there were any failures, then it was coming back on their training program, or this is what we learned, or you certified them. And I think that that's where, where, where some of the, uh, the issues were, were coming about. And, and, and so they changed the literature a little bit, changed the, the, the way they were approaching it. Um, and I get it. I, you don't want to adopt somebody else's negligence, right? And by certifying somebody um, as a manufacturer, you are essentially you're, doing that. Yeah, you're pretty much assuming the liability, right? Because it's like, yeah, they came through, they're certified, 
they're approved to go on your job. And then if they start doing something wrong, then the customer can be like, you sent these guys to me. Like you said that they had to be certified and they are now what? It's similar to like, man, uh, uh, the automotive industry. My, my cousin tie up with Ford and they call it Ford factory train and ASE certified will get a certification, a third party. But from Ford's standpoint, it's factory train. Yeah, right. The same thing with when you look at Protect All, the manufacturer. The when we went through that, I mean, it's had been ten years ago now. When we went through that, and it, it was not a certification; it was a factory training. Yeah, they're just giving you. They're educating you on their product and limitations, and then. uh what do you got to add to that, Jake? Like, I want to yeah, I, Oh, what was that, Paul? No, I just going. I was just going to say quickly. Some manufacturers still train. I mean, uh, or certify, or at least the last time I checked, like Nora, do they still get certification? Nora still gives certifications, but when I went through there, if you're, they require you to actually make a visit back every three years unless one of the tech reps comes to visit you and sees your work on a project so mm -hmm. that actually happened to us so i am nora certified and the tech rep when we were on a project actually came out and like watched us work asked me questions got down and and you know actually seen how we were putting it in when when the adhesive was spread and stuff like mm -hmm. that yeah that's something that I was going to add as far as certification. I know, I don't know if Shaw has done it in the past, but I know there are trainings offered or we can have our tech team out in the field. If there are specific projects that you are working on that need that kind of oversight or tr technical training, um, as far as certification, it does come down to liability of, because you have a piece of paper, your training bills are off. It doesn't mean that, you're going to do how you did in the actual training certification out in the field. So I think that's what it comes down to. But if there's ever an instance where you need oversight or a help in a training, that's something that we could offer by getting somebody down at the mill, whether it's a complicated install or install that it's just an added feature that we can assist with. So with that, that's on a project by project basis. Do you guys, uh, log that anywhere. I think the missing piece is that we, we've stripped installers. Now, I understand the liability piece, but we've kind of stripped installers from having ways outside of Go Carrera. And of course, I'd love every installer to be on Go Carrera. But at the end of the day, we've somewhat stripped installers of the ability to prove their, their skills and their training and their dedication to the craft outside of Go Carrera, um, they can't show a certificate unless it's, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, they, they don't have a way to prove their, their um, expertise. Or their, yeah. Other, you know what yeah, I mean? Separate themselves yeah. from other installers. Mm -hmm. Or else, right, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, unless it's just word from mouth that, hey, these guys do a great job, they're they're trustworthy. They'll put it down. They'll do it correctly. Follow protocol. Are there other certifications out there outside the NORA that you talked about, Jose? 
Uh, yeah, there's there's plenty of education programs out there for for every silo in the flooring industry. Um, you know, CFI uh, runs a, a, a general run. NAFCT runs a resilient, and then they're also doing subfloor, subfloor and prep. Um, uh, CTI. Yeah, those are great tra training. What does it mean to a general contractor or a homeowner? They don't know what CFI is. They don't know what right. NAFCT. They know who Shaw Contract is. They know who, you know, Mohawk and Millican. They know those names. So, they don't know that, and they they don't know the different levels. So you can say you're CFI trained, you know, certified, and you're really for one yeah. doing a C two type project. Yeah. And you know what I mean? You're you're absolutely right about that. That there is no um, there's no template that says that you know. Hey, this is this is my card. This tells you where I'm at as far as my expertise and my level. There's nothing like that. You throw a name out there, and you can say whatever you want after you throw um, a training program well, out there. there. There's no manual. That I think what I was getting at was there's no there there's no clout to it. That's what Go Career is trying to do, or is doing is mm -hmm. you know giving a metric to be able to be utilized by ingesting all of the training. And then providing the hammer rating, but at the end of the day, the void of manufacturer training. I guess I, I'm a little curious on standardized training, calling it factory trained or factory whatever, and still logging that that installer completed that training. When you go out to projects and you help them through a project, that's that's helping them through a project, but it's not. You know, our goal is. How do you uh, significantly improve the installer's life, their their standard of living, and they don't get that, you know, just because a manufacturer came out to a project and yeah, the project went well, but they don't get to carry that forward to other to the rest of their working career. Um, you know, you don't get to say that yeah, I was trained by Shaw or I was trained by Mohawk or whoever, right? And Shaw Contracts is such a great company and a large company. That, um, is there any standardized training, Jake, to your knowledge, where installers could go to a Shaw facility or Shaw-supported facility and get off the job, off the project, I should say, training? Not to my knowledge, but I'm sure it's something that we could do. I don't know if it would be so much as a certification. Um, there definitely is an opportunity in local RDCs. When I was down in Chicago, in the Chicago market, we had one outside of the city where we had specific installers come in for sheet vinyl training, but it's just training itself. It's not so much a certification. So I could definitely follow up with the technical team in the mill to see if that's something where that'd be of interest in local markets to get a group of installers out there for say it's heat welding or say it's any type of installation and then have a Shaw back program for training. I just personally haven't done anything to my knowledge on it. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily be a certification. I wouldn't say yeah. just a factory train. That's how Ford got through it. Uh, yeah. You know, even the training so, uh, can be recognized and, and, and just a little background uh, as well, like uh, the hammer ratings he's talking about for Go Carrera, what it is, is it, it, it gives the installer a rating. It, it, 
for their their skill set. And, okay. and I don't know like uh, how many trainings are actually recognized and if it adds to a hammer rating, Paul. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you've, you're factoring a, a lot of training and education programs in there too for the hammer rating. Yeah, just about everything. Even, yeah. even after doing workshops, uh, like in the tile world, they have, uh, you know, the NTCA afternoon workshop to different distributors. Even those are recognized. It doesn't give you a bunch of hammer, obviously. Your staff doing free lunch, but still recognize that there's still a hundred other installers that didn't go to it, and yeah. you still did, and you still participated, mm. and you still probably learned something. And so, as long as a training is uh, cat is uh, cataloged, I mean, the entity that did the training saves the fact that say Daniel did a one day workshop. Right, uh, we we recognize all the two-day workshops for Schmooter. It's a two-day workshop, you know. Um, and like I said, just afternoon workshops with the NTCA even. And each one has a different weight inside of our algorithm, so it gives different uh, amounts of hammer based on the years of experience that you have and a ton of other factors. So it's hard to say that this training equals that amount of weight because it depends on your previous trainings as well as your, um, you know, years of experience and, and work history. But if the training that you're talking of, Jake, is possible to get um, set up where, and industry-wide, right, There's we have a huge need in the industry to get trained. So I'm not even saying one manufacturer can solve it all, but if the manufacturers had a factory training that they log when the installer goes and you can fill out a questionnaire that says, you know, what type of training it was, uh, how many hours of hands-on, how many hours of um, uh, book study, tests, all that stuff. And you just fill out the questionnaire as long as like, for Go Carrera's purposes, as long as Go Carrera can go and verify and prove that that installer took the training, they get to get that that value added to their hammer rating, and they get to carry that training forward. It's a way to incentivize installers to to especially independent installers that are not under a company's bail, not employee installers, to go get trained, spend the money and the time off. To, to get trained because it means, you know, more, more work orders and more pay down the road for them. And, and um, it, it, the training itself, Jake, might not hold weight alone because it's just quite as training, but right. that training with a certification in, in that, that same field. And now all of a sudden, now that, that holds more weight. So you're taking this glob of, uh, of certification, let's just call it like, let's say C1 or C2 or something like that from CFI, just use that, right? But now I'm adding on to that. Now I have this, now I have the formal technical training and the science behind everything. Now I also have, you know, Shaw's training for for their carpet and their, and their backings and what they have. And I think exactly. add more weight to that uh, uh, initial certification um, that that installer has devoted their time to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, think about yeah. just just as adding tools to a tool belt, right? Yes. Uh, just it betters their their personal skills, their training skills, their installation skills, 
And then it also helps us out when our materials do go down of we want it to go in correctly and get that training yeah. so that we don't have issues in the back end. Well, then so you're covering, it helps everybody out in the in the yeah. overall sense. It's so. just uh, you know, and, and a lot of uh, like what Patrick when, when I know you had said something before we started recording, but you know, um, like our relationship with Patrick didn't start as a a sales relationship. It started as an installer talking to the sales rep, trying to figure out the problems and making some decisions from an installer standpoint. Exactly. And that's what yep. happened. Hey, how'd you guys fix that? How'd you guys know about that? Um, and and uh, talking to Daniel, like. He's like, oh, you guys really do good work. You know what you're talking about. Know what you're doing. Yeah. And uh, well, it, think- it helps us out from the manufacturer's perspective. Even though I'm a manufacturer's rep, but if it can add anything to my tool belt of, hey, I can talk to a higher, le- maybe not as high a level as an installer, but if I can get some basic knowledge of the actual install as it's going down, it helps out all all sides of the part of the group. You know. Right, and and. It also yeah. helps uh, with material that you're getting spec, right? Like, the whole, well, I, whole thing I, just, I'm going to jump in here. I, I want to say thank you for bringing that up, Jose, because the fact is, is that say you're C2, like you said, and then you get a Shaw, you know, factory training, it's like a booster to your other certification that you already got. It's like it adds fuel to the to hammer rating fire, so to speak. And so, it's more value if you're already certified and then you go to a Shaw factory uh, training, it, the weight is heavier uh, because of the foundation you're building. Uh, that I, I don't want to get real nerdy on the algorithm that creates the skill score because it's very complex, but essentially what you said is correct. And I'll, one other point to, or one other benefit is that, you know, as an installer's going through and uh they may be c2 certified but one of the problems that i've found in the commercial uh floor covering industry is the backings changing and the you know recycled backings and then getting rid of pvc and then adding pvc back in and then some blend and you know how many backing changes has the industry had in the last 10 years you're not getting that on a certification you're getting that from the mill when you guys change your backing, I had a 2,000-yard job fail because one of our installers, and I will not name the um, the mill, but they had a new backing system that required certain – and I'll tell you the processes, but certain processes, and those processes were not followed to the teeth. Well, the installer had no idea. Uh, heck, even our PM was uh, somewhat – are you talking about because you had to prime before you spread the adhesive? I'm not saying anything, Daniel. <laughs> I'm not saying stuff. You see what he's trying to do there? <laughs> but, but the thing is, and the, the mill helped us out and stood behind. And, you know, but the fact is that failure never had to happen with proper training. The failure never had to happen. And with over $3 billion in failures annually in the flooring industry if you include moisture failures could we not as a industry as an advocate for installers find a way that you have that how much how much better is our industry by having the um the failure a multi it's a 
over a million dollar deduction from failures, right? So, so I hope that manufacturers this year really focus on the installer and, and form some training. Don't call it certification. Let's just call it factory training or uh, factory informed. I don't care how loose you get with it. As long as the training is really valuable and you can and people and people can check to make sure that's all that's a that's a step in the right direction. So we just had the the Taylor. You're you're breaking up a little bit, Paul. So we we just had the, the Taylor rep in here um right before we got on here, right? And he actually just told us that if we're CIS certified, you actually get a lifetime warranty when you use their adhesive in your project, as opposed to their 10 or 15 year, whatever comes standard, right? Two years. No, that's that's installation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But how, how can we get with the manufacturers and actually have them put in their documentation if we have if we hold certain certifications, then um even our labor warranty is extended on top of the manufacturer's warranty on some stuff where it's instead of a 10 year warranty, you get a 15 or 15 year, you get a 20 year backed by not only the manufacturer, but the organization organization you're certified from. So that way they can actually see the value that they're getting as opposed to just hiring someone off the street and hoping that they get a warranty at some point. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I think that the extended warranties on labor in particular, you know, we're, we're working on one thing that I think, you know, we'll be chatting on this offline, but basically once you reach a certain hammer rating, uh, we're working with the insurance companies to provide uh, the same labor warranty that, like, installed us, which will give the, uh, like, a five-year or ten-year labor warranty if you're, a, if you're three hammers or above as a sales piece to the installer for when they're, they're out there, you know, selling their services. But from a manufacturer to stand behind it, what do you think about that, Jake? It, again, I it, it's it's if you can add more to it, I don't know how it would work with, but you give me homework and get with the technical team and warranties. I I don't know how that would work along with the set warranties that we have in place. But if they do go hand in hand, I don't see an issue. But again, don't don't shoot the messenger. But I can bring it yeah. up the up the totem pole and exactly see how that would work though of how can you get that extended warranty if you have a separate certification? I just, I don't know personally how that would work without going up the ladder. Well, yeah. It's all a process, right? It has to start some, it starts with, everything starts with an idea. That's, that's exactly. all we're doing right now is we're spitting yep. on how can the, the manufacturers and distributors help? Um, you know, in point, one of our distributors just brought the Taylor rep in here to talk about their, their products and just doing stuff like that is really beneficial because they have some products that um, we didn't know about. Right. So it's all about, you know, just, just making your rounds. And as a, 
as a salesperson, I know how busy you are because I know how much I email you per day. <laughs> but it's I, can all only, good, but I can only imagine what your inbox looks like. But but also you got to think it's not only and it just comes out to the whole overarching thought on this is it's nothing but beneficial for you, for us, for installers, for everybody. So if we can team up and start this idea and spark it and ignite it and then something turns out from it, that's that's kind of nothing's going to get done unless you have conversations like this around it, you know, whether it's I'm boots on the yep. ground up here in Michigan but I bring it to a VP who covers the Midwest, that VP then covers it to a divisional. And then it goes from there, starts like wildfire. But like I said, I, you guys got me homework now. I'll, I'll follow up, get with the technical team and get with other people up in upper management on it to see exactly what can be done with that. And then like last week we had uh, Kevin in here from Roberts and he's on Facebook right now and said, did, did i ask the tailor up if this warranty will supersede the flooring warranty if it doesn't it won't matter much and you know that that's another thing too it's you okay. can see these these manufacturers actually going to to places and and spreading the knowledge that they have right and and that's a that's a wonderful thing i, I love it and if you look at it so we've we've talked um with the nafct about how and that's the national association of floor covering technicians if you if you didn't know um we've talked about before how these manufacturers are dropping their certifications and how you know that that liability but it's about getting these other training entities and actually saying all right your guys's training holds its weight in gold um, how can we partner with you? Because just speaking about resilient sheet goods, right? Sheet vinyl. Um, you can use the knowledge from learning one product and kind of translate that over to all the other products. So to have just every manufacturer doing their own thing doesn't necessarily make sense anymore. But getting these manufacturers to actually back these uh different organizations is something else and that's something that i don't have to deal with but it's something that i want to talk about right because if, if we can have all these manufacturers backing backing us up that that just makes us more powerful well and i, I want to that's one of the reasons that taylor does that is because they're so closely aligned with cfi so they you know, if others could align, and I don't know all the dynamics in the background of the training entities with manufacturers, but we're all, you know, it's like the industry is working on um, you know, bringing in more people and bringing in more people. And I, I support that, but something you said in a conversation earlier today, Daniel, is that it's been brought up by multiple people and probably agreed upon is that we have plenty of installers. We're lacking quality. We're lacking, uh, first off, a way to verify or know that they, their quality without working them and then finding out they're not on a job. <laughs> so that's kind of where we're trying to fill. But then you yeah. got plenty of guys that are working uh, but 
really lacking those quality uh, installers, right? You said that earlier, didn't you? Yep. Yeah, it's a, we have a surplus of installers. It's just not not many of us are are qualified to the standard that we need to be in the industry. And that if, if you look at it from a whole, um, just on the commercial side, there's so much science that goes behind the mm -hmm. adhesive, the products that you have to know. And then you pair that with actually having to know the science behind what you're installing on. So if you're installing on wood, what kind of wood is it? If you're installing on concrete, are there any additives in it? Are there any, is there anything topical on it? What do you have to do if there, if there's something on there? So it's, there's so much that goes behind it and there's so many people that are in it and, and the stores that are selling these jobs, that that's what the, the sales, men are there for they're they're there to sell and then they worry about the installation afterwards because like i said i'll go on these these um dealer groups and stuff and that's what they say it's it's sell 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 worry about whatever later as long as you get that sell, nothing else matters right now you know, you know that being said I, I don't mean to take away from that but i, I want to ask you a question here jake uh, how much of product knowledge are you as a sales rep um, in the area, what is the requirement of product knowledge on your behalf um, um, as a sales rep versus a tech rep? I know tech is more technical, but I'm just curious, like what is required of you um, to maintain and, and, and how do you promote uh, the knowledge of the product? Make sure that the installer isn't set up for failure or the company that, that you are helping select a product isn't set up for failure. Yeah. So What's unique, so I came out, which I out of college. I went, I lived in Georgia for three and a half months. So I went through the shop training program where it was all product knowledge. Again, it does come down, like you said, just we know so much about the products and where they go. But once we get it out there, we get the specification, we need to back it with, we need to make sure it's the correct installation. So we have all this product knowledge and product training having the tech team as support, I think we, I guess all manufacturers could put a little more emphasis on technical training and installation training. Cause right now is we, re, we rely on our installers for that knowledge to pair up with the product knowledge. Right. So as myself being a product specialist for Shaw contract, I would rely on my installers then for that installation specialist. So it's gotta be the give and take of, we can't, expect all of our installers to know our product in and out just as I, I don't know the installation in and out. And that's where I need to rely on installation or my installers for that. But like you said, if there's the training that I was offered was mostly product, minimal installation. What we could do is get that flip flop of, we try to install or we try to help out with the, acknowledge for ourselves but then vice versa if i could get help on the installation knowledge it just betters everybody's chances for less failures better installs better products better projects being installed and just happier customers overall so uh, um, a greater percentage of success equals a greater percentage of word of mouth business which turns into exactly and it, it, it creates it creates word of mouth for everybody. Everybody's happy in the long run. 
and you don't have to look at project two to three times after it's installed, whether it starts to fail, anything fails. So overall, it just, it makes sense to just team up and we're all doing it for the same reason. So. Yeah. Ultimately from a brand standpoint, when a manufacturer has something fail, whether it's the installer's fault or not, the end user typically has some type of strike in their mind about that manufacturer. And we've that's what in, we, we try to mitigate that, right? Because we've been in the hospitals where they're like, we hate this product, this product sucks. And then we go and rip it out. And it's like, the product doesn't suck. It's just, it wasn't installed correctly. So that what the, the lifespan was shortened a lot. Like if it was installed correctly, they wouldn't be having the, the issues and they wouldn't hate that product. And that's something that we, we tell the customers is like, one, we don't want to throw the installer under the bus because they yeah. did the best that they could. They did the best with the knowledge that they had. Was it enough? No, but the, the manufacturer shouldn't pay for what that installer did at the same time. It's, it's a great product. And if we installed it, you'll see that. And I mean, I'm not, at, at some point they've already made up their mind and they're, they're going to switch out the product. Right. But mm -hmm. it's like, we just want to let you know that down the line, if this product gets specced again, it's not a bad product. Yeah. And some of it too is maintenance, right? Like um, if they didn't maintain it properly, if, if they were <clears throat> using them to maintain it because in their head, uh, it's been institutionalized and this is what they've been doing for 20 years, but it, the product specification says not to do it a certain way, they could have killed the life of the product too. So I guess, I guess that's a, the education part goes beyond just starting at the substrate and working your way up, right? It's a system. So the, the end user um, should also be educated as far as maintenance. Yeah, just going off of that, I mean, I have one where the school district went from VCT where they strip and wax twice to three times a year. LVT. They want to use LVT and they think it's a magical floor that you don't have to do anything to because LVT. Yeah. They didn't change their casters. Everything gets scraped up. It's basically having cement <laughs> with any salt, salt melt, anything going on. It just got scratched up. They're like, well, it's LBT. We don't have to do anything to it. So that was coming off of no matter what product was down, it was going to get scratched up no matter what, because it's starting from the installation from the subfloor all the way up and then teaming up with furniture just to maintain your like our one our product to the installation because if it starts to get chewed up by furniture it makes not only the manufacturer look bad the installers look bad the end user is going to point a finger at somebody and because we're down first it's going to be <laughs> one of us right and they, yeah. I mean, they, they even have stuff out there now to where you can um refinish lbt we went through a presentation yeah uh with the fcica and who was that? Um, I forget what many. It was Mapay, wasn't it? Oh, it was Mapay. Yeah, yeah. They 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 got a, a topical. It's a temporary fix, right? But it's a selling. There's point. a few of them. Uh, Never yeah. strip has one. There's a <clears throat> there there's some other coatings and stuff to put on top. Uh, like you said, they have a, a solution. But you know, I think everybody moving to LVT um, really messed up uh this just side note <laughs> the way lvt was sold for the first uh 10 years uh didn't do it any favors 
uh, people thought I couldn't scratch, that, uh, you know, it was impervious to any problem, um, didn't need any maintenance ever. Uh, it, it, you know, obviously we know different today, but um, 10 years ago, when there was not as many manufacturers of LVT, maybe 15 would be a better uh, time frame. But, you know, it was kind of sold as the clad back then. You know, many people who specified old architects or designers or, or uh, end users who may buy it, you know, have been around them, expect, still have this expectation. Uh, you know, from a sales standpoint, when we're selling LVT, we always talk about that it will scratch. We promise you it will scratch. If you do not take care of it in a proper manner and maintain your dirt, uh, it will scratch. So, but from an install standpoint, uh, back to that a little bit, you know, as manufacturers, if they could do an installer bulletin was my only, my, this is my second uh, thought, installer bulletin that could be distributed and, and actually gotten in the installer's hands on when different backing systems come out, because you may be certified and be an awesome carpet layer, um, but when a new backing comes out, and I'm just talking carpet right now, but this applies to almost all of them, especially LVT, uh, that the tailors for that backing, when the chemistry of that backing changes, so too does some of the processes that need to be um, considered, how you install it. So, are you reading that right now? <laughs> you're reading, you're reading, okay. reading. I, I was glad uh, reading the question. Yeah. Yeah. Levi said that it's not a question, just input, right? Installation crew and and or the retailer should be explaining the cleaning processes and proper maintenance to avoid uh, potential warranty issues, right? And commercially, that's a little bit easier because we have to provide all that documentation anyways. So that documentation- It's easier for us to check the box, but right. the interviewers get it and they never, they never it's like a part of our requirement for our specification that we give them close out care and maintenance and all that but you know as well as i do you go back and look at it five years and someone who did most of the maintenance crews that take care of those commercial buildings do not read or care they have their own system and they do something and i've seen a completely ruined flooring before but mm -hmm. But that's a good point that Levi brings up. It's, of course, from a long-term standpoint, keeping the end user informed is important and, and telling them how to maintain and clean their, their flooring or take care of their flooring. It'll eliminate a lot of problems that, that we go back to try to fix. And I mean... Yeah, so installer bulletins, I, I know that that manufacturers have like lists of installers. And if if something new comes up, it's just an installer bulletin. Doesn't need to send it to the company because some companies have employee installers that get, but something for the installer to uh, engage with when they're updated install methods for different 
systems or backings or something Nate's like that. Gonna do that for us. He said that every time something changes, he's going to send us like a little postcard and let us know where it is and how to find the link. Right. That's what we're going to get now, Jake, because you're our guy, right? That's what I said. <laughs> I told you I have homework. So. <laughs> no, but um, when you brought up the Nora certification, Nora actually does that. So they change the, the adhesive and they change um, their, their stair installations where it's not, in order to install Nora stairs, you have to use the tape method now. There's, there's no more adhesive going on. So they, they did send out, you know, documentation when that stuff changed, um, that's, from the tech side, the tech rep actually emailed me and said, hey, this is what's changing. Email me back, let me know you got this. But so that's, that, know, that's on that, the certification that, side. That's the certification side you're saying? Yeah. Okay. That, that's because I'm in the certif certified database. Gotcha. So now does that go out to everybody of, hey, here's a, here's a tweak of what we're, what we're doing with our products. This is how we're going to do it from now on. Yep. Okay. Um, and then Patrick Mullins on LinkedIn said that this is kind of what they're building, not kind of, that's what they are building floor cloud for direct manufacturer updates to installers. So I guess that's something to look into as well. They've been on social media. I've seen them uh, a few places lately. It says, when you go to select the product you are going to install, it sends you a notification of the new change. That's cool. Yeah, floor cast cloud system pretty awesome. I didn't uh, use it, but I watched their, uh, their um, Hey, we watched it together. At FCICA. And then uh, I've talked to the guys over there a couple of times offline so yeah that's pretty that's cool so so jake we have a question for you flooring manufacturer recommended adhesive <laughs> that's, a tough one. that's a tough there one depend I, 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 there's a lot of different instances of what the subfloor is what i, I guess what has. i think what what he, he's trying to get at is uh in, in your documentation, it usually says Shaw uh, adhesive is required, right? It's, yes, we require adhesive for warranties. I understand that that always doesn't happen and installers use what they're comfortable with and what they're used to. But again, just being able to get the questions up front or those moisture tests done in the forefront of how can we prohibit something bad from happening? Again, if people are used to, if installers are used to using pressure sensitive or uh, just a regular wet set adhesive, then that's what they're used to. We can only do so much to recommend our own. And like you said, just from the fourth, like from a maintenance side too, it's, we can say, okay, you have to buy these casters and we're trying to protect our floors we need to think of it as more information and then being more information, the better to then decipher an answer. But if, the, if we were looking for, there's an overall one-stop shop, all adhesive. I don't have that answer for you. <laughs> That's a great answer. So like um, based on conversations that we've had with, with you know, we're just going to go across the board. It's 
uh, installers, the, the, the manufacturer recommend a system that they're going to warranty and that they're going to back, that they're comfortable with, because that is the system that they are using for all of their testing. If you were to venture outside of utilizing the system that is recommend, recommended by the manufacturer, then what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to make sure that there are, are uh, safety mechanisms in place and you are not skipping steps. Because if one thing fails, the, the system is not a whole. They're going to have to break it into segments. And then they will find the failure where it was because um, science doesn't lie. So I don't think any sales rep is going to tell you to, yeah, go ahead and use that. Um, like there's a question on there, like what if it's not available? Well, if it's not a, if the manufacturer adhesive is not available, then you're going to have to use the next best, right? And the next best and is- manufacturers, Most manufacturers are pretty good at giving that alternative their product. I mean, I've had that happen with, some other, you know, if it's a hard set acrylic adhesive or something, well, what's another manufacturer that makes one that you guys would accept? And specifically, I bet, I think a lot of us became really aware of this during the COVID problem of the supply. <laughs> we had plenty of, of manufacturers that were like, no warranty without our adhesives. Yeah. They couldn't supply them. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, you can use these three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and then I'm just going to try to get like an example here because there's a question about that is, um, Jake, if we were in a scenario where you guys were out of uh, adhesive for your uh, terrain two, just say we're doing some 20 mil terrain two and we couldn't get any adhesive for it, um, what would be your recommendation for the next, uh, next adhesive in, in your toolbox that you are um, allowed by by Shaw contract to tell us to use if that is the case. Yeah, so so say that we use our typical resilient adhesive and we can't get it for whatever reason it may be. We then go into different buckets of still that are under Shaw that are that are approved. But then if we can't get that, then we would then go up the ladder for this project specific to get that that I guess stipulation of can we use this for this project because of x y and z so it was it's just a matter of getting with your manufacturer's rep of we can't get this we go to option b we can't get this we go to option c now what can we do so it's just that open communication of how can we find a solution that fits this customer so that so that question um should be run up the ladder call call the rep talk to them about it because it can change every conversation exactly uh, and, project to project okay so circumstance to circumstance right because uh, sometimes you know we're on the fly right because that's what it's a we have this we ran short on adhesive the supply store is closing in a half hour this is what they have can i use it's either gonna be a yes yeah. or no yeah and i don't have the capability of being boots on the ground on out running around to, to make those decisions so i gotta run it up the ladder too in order to get that approval to well, then well not only sure. that it's uh we can actually call the the number that's on the bucket right the tech yep. the tech number exactly customer just customer service or talk to your manufacturer's rep if you can't get a hold of them call, talk to customer service eventually you'll get in front of a manufacturer's rep who then will have to reload it back or at least for in my case, I got to run it up the ladder to my manager to then go to tech and, and so on. So, right. And we've been in the situation before to where we've used some adhesive that 
said that it worked for certain things and then uh it didn't <laughs> because plasticizer migration is uh a thing right yeah and the man it was actually it wasn't a manufacturer it was the adhesive so the adhesive manufacturer came back with oh you're not supposed to use it on it and it's I pulled up the specs and it says 100% I can use it on this. So can you believe that they made up new labels and redistributed it under new labels? Who would do that? I we won't say, but um, <laughs> they don't make the product anymore, anyways. Yeah, yeah. it's his fault. <laughs> no, it's California's fault. Yeah. And actually, you know what? So that's another thing too is our distributor actually had our back on that too, and because of that instance right there, and they they actually stopped carrying that specific product because of because the manufacturer didn't back their failure. They clearly said on the labels that we had, but their new labels were missing it. And that's what they were trying to throw at us. And we're like, no, dude, like that, da -da, look at this, look what we got right here, look at this. Instead of here, here is day and writing on your actual old label. And now because of this issue, you changed it. So some installers pay attention, Jake. So hey. Yeah, hey, that's that's what we yeah. need. The internet can be your friend and your enemy at the same time. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Double-edged uh, sword. Hey, gentlemen. Um, holy smokes, we are. Holy here to the end already, believe it or not. So um, I want to thank you, Jake, for coming on. I know some of the stuff, we weren't always, you know, it's not always looking for the exact answer from you. Just the insights and, and thought processes on you know, I think it's important for manufacturers and the installation community to have some, some, uh, some ways to share information. And uh, I also go into my very first point, just some level of factory training. Uh, I do like the installer bulletin. I know Warcloud had, had uh, jumped in and said, you know, that they're, they're working on some stuff. I know that, you know, Go career long term. Uh, I'm not sure when this feature uh, is out. We will have installer bulletin eventually, where manufacturers just go on and load up uh, new information on their uh, installation of a certain product, and that'll go out to the entire Go career installer network. Um, and it'll show as red or not red, or uh, you know, opened or not opened, and kind of give that feedback on knowing that the installers are getting it and reading it and understanding it. Um, and all those would also be great to have like a tech rep behind it that, that could answer any um, remaining questions. So just some ideas. I love it. No, thank you guys for inviting me on. It opened up my eyes as well. So again, if there's any questions, it, it's good for us as manufacturers to be reminded of this well as well, because we are so in product where got to look at it on the back end as well of how can we get something down that's going to stay down and perform well to make everybody look good yeah, yeah. and that's our ultimate goal as installers too is we've come across some pretty yep. good product but we've come across a lot worse installs than bad product yeah right and kelly even puts on here she's when we were talking about you know the manufacturers and backing up installers she said that uh the manufacturers backup design organizations all the time why not start doing it for installers since we're kind of that that backbone right it's uh 
You can sell well, all you want. Ones... I always say you can sell all you want, but if it goes down like crap, you got to yeah, we're, we're the ones on the front line. Man. Some more we can do to to learn about the product that we're putting down and and stuff like that. That's uh, that's really what we need to do. Well, I just real quick, if I can just add, I, I challenge just everybody to put their manufacturing rep. This opened up my eyes a lot. So if you're if you have a specific manufacturer's rep that you love working with or just open up their eyes too so that they can start that conversation where again it's not it's not it's not gonna do anything but benefit us all in the long run. I love it. I love it. Thanks for that comment. That's that's important. Yeah, push your sales reps and your tech reps to get you the information and, and also push if you if you caught any nuggets off this uh off the huddle podcast here use them to to kind of uh like jake said push your sales reps to uh maybe make some meaningful change they they can push it up the the mountain uh as jake was talking about earlier and and get it up to higher levels and i think we all want a better installation a better installation community and you know at the end of the day deliver great projects for our end users so all right gentlemen well hey thanks jake for joining us again and appreciate it uh, thank you guys appreciate it yeah it it was awesome uh daniel jose thanks again for being a good good samaritans of the of the (laughs) boring installation community because that a lot of people listen and uh i think that understanding that some of the challenges that we go through out in the field and the stuff that the, the instances you bring up are fresh and can help us all be better. So I appreciate you guys. I appreciate everybody. Thanks for the audience, everybody joining in. If you like the content you have heard today, consider liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel. We upload these every, every, uh, every week we upload them to uh, our YouTube channel. So Go search us out, like and subscribe, join the podcast, get involved in the community. Outside that, I want to say thank you to everybody once more, and we'll uh, see you guys next week. All right. All right. See you guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Good Thanks, guys. Good. All right. Yeah. See you.